Welcome to the Barrier Breakdown, Disrupting Mental Health Podcast, where we talk about the clinical and practical issues that face those working in the mental health industry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Barrier Breakdown, Disrupting Mental Health. My name is Erin Molino bailey I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Cognitive Behavior Institute, and my co-host, Dr. Kevin Caridad, who is the CEO and owner of Cognitive Behavior Institute. And uh, this week we are joined uh, by Christy Poole who, to discuss shyness and social interactions. Christy is a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Waterloo. She completed her PhD in developmental psychology in 2020 and her master's in health research methodology in 2016, both at McMaster University. Christy studies children's socio-emotional development with particular focus on the origins and outcomes of temperamental shyness. So Christy, thank you so much for uh, being here with us today on the Barrier Breakdown. Uh, we're really excited to have you and chat about this topic. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how did you become interested in studying the trait of shyness? Absolutely. So I became interested in studying the trait of shyness for a couple different reasons. So first, I find shyness sort of inherently interesting because, as many people know, social interaction is fundamental to humans. And so across development and from day to day, people are expected, both children and adults, are expected to interact with new people. And I find it really interesting to see the individual differences in how people approach these new social situations. And the second reason, like most people in academia, is that I became interested due to the personal relevance of the topic, given that I was a shy child. And so I've become really fascinated to try and better understand some of the developmental origins of shyness, as well as some of the downstream implications of shyness for social and psychological development. Okay, great. And I know shyness is something that folks are familiar with. It's a term that a lot of people uh, utilize, right? But what does it really mean uh, to be, what, what does shyness, what does it really equate to? Mm -hmm. So typically shyness is conceptualized as this personality trait or early temperamental trait that can actually emerge really early in life. So typically we see it emerging in the first couple years of life and it tends to be relatively stable across development. So people who are shy tend to experience fear, nervousness, or self-consciousness, particularly when they're in unfamiliar or new social situations. So for example, if a shy child uh, entered a new classroom or met a new peer, they might experience feelings of nervousness or feel scared in uh, these situations. But this same shy child might feel really excited and actually be at ease if they were in a familiar social situation. So for example, interacting with maybe a close friend or a sibling. Okay, and tell us about your recent publication. Yeah, so my recent publication was looking at relations between shyness, self-focused attention, and behavioral mimicry during an unfamiliar social interaction. Uh, so basically, in this study, what we did is we had participants complete a questionnaire related to their levels of shyness. So this is kind of a standard questionnaire assessing shyness. And then we had participants interact with an unfamiliar researcher over Zoom. 
So participants were told that the objective of this study was to gather information about their thoughts and feelings related to social platforms kind of more generally. However, this was actually a cover story. And what we did is we had the experimenter read a series of standardized questions to the participant. But during the reading of these questions, the experimenter performed uh, planned target behavior. So for example, she may have scratched her head or scratched her face. And what we did is we recorded these interactions and we later coded whether or not the participant copied the experimenter's behavior. So this is called behavioral mimicry and behavioral mimicry is thought to serve sort of as social glue during social interactions. And then finally, after the social interaction with the experimenter, we had the participants complete a questionnaire related to their levels of self-focused attention during that interaction with the experimenter. So for those of you who are not familiar, self-focused attention is basically described as this pattern of internally focused attention in social interactions. So for example, focusing in on your physiological sensations like a racing heart or butterflies in your tummy, or your cognitions during an interaction, for example, really focusing in on the impression that you might be making on your social interaction partner. And so with these variables, we then examined the relation between shyness, self-focused attention during that interaction with the experimenter, and then the likelihood that they were to display behavioral mimicry. Um, and so what we found in that study is that shyness was indirectly related to a lower likelihood of mimicking the experimenter's behaviors. And this was accounted for by heightened levels of self-focused attention during that interaction. So in other words, individuals who had higher levels of shyness were more likely to experience heightened levels of self-focused attention during that interaction. And in turn, this heightened level of self-focused attention during the interaction was related to a lower likelihood of mimicking the experimenter's behaviors. And you were doing this in children, correct? How does this, I know you see a lot of, a lot of shyness in children, but do you also see shyness in adults? We do, yeah. So actually that particular study was uh, run on an undergraduate sample. So they were adults. Oh, okay, they were adults, sorry, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but in terms of sort of shyness uh, across development, I think when a lot of people think of shyness, they have this kind of image of a very young child clinging maybe to her mom's leg during the first day of school or crying maybe when they're in a social situation. Yes, I have one in the room next to me if you'd like to <laughs> yeah. bring her on as an example. <laughs> Yes. And so I think a lot of people really, they picture this when they think of shyness. Uh, but these children do typically grow up to be shy adults, even though the behavioral manifestations of shyness are likely to differ across development as children learn to self-regulate and sort of maybe mask some of these shy related behaviors. Uh, but all in all, although maybe a shy adult might not be crying in new social situations or clinging to her mom, shyness is still present among uh, older people, including adolescents and adults. Uh, so they are still likely to experience feelings of uh, nervousness in these new social situations. No, one, one thing comes to mind is, you know, how does your findings fit in with some, some of the other research? And what do you think are some of the implications? Because our population who typically sees 
this podcast are clinicians. So the, the, the one, the therapist in the trenches, what do you, what do you have to say to them? Absolutely. Yeah. So of course, shyness is not sort of a clinical trait, but sort of more broadly, the implications of this study. So in our study, we looked at an unfamiliar social interaction. So as I kind of alluded to earlier, when we think of shyness, it's really this level of uh, self-focused attention or heightened self-consciousness in new social situations. And so I think a really important next step and sort of an implication would be to look at how shyness is related to self-focused attention and behavioral mimicry as the social situation or the social partner becomes more familiar. So what I would hypothesize is that as the social interaction partner becomes more familiar to the shy individual, we're likely to actually see this reduction in self-focused attention for that person. And what I would further hypothesize based on the findings uh, of this study is that we would also see that link between shyness and behavioral mimicry diminish such that uh, it wouldn't be related to, that shyness would not be related to lower uh, behavioral mimicry in uh, new, or sorry, in familiar social situations. Great. Now, I know, uh, you know, social anxiety uh, is very difficult to be very impactful. Do you have, uh, you know, anything in the research saying, you know, the impact on the quality of life of individuals that maybe suffer with social anxiety, whether it be as an adult in academics, uh, be it at work or, or children in a social setting? And are there any lasting effects? Yeah, so if we kind of use shyness as a springboard for that, again, I'm not uh, a clinician for clinically diagnosed social anxiety, but social anxiety or shyness sort of along a continuum or a trait, we do see that shyness tends to be related to uh, lower engagement during social interactions, again, during these really initial or unfamiliar social interactions. And although shyness is a predictor of uh, anxiety disorders later in life, it's really important to highlight that definitely not all shy children manifest these uh, more psychiatric diagnosis later in life, just the same way that many adults with social anxiety disorder were not shy as children. So yeah, so basically shyness might be related to these various uh, outcomes, but absolutely, I view shyness not in a negative or clinical light. Okay, I think great. you should keep that in mind as we approach the first day of school for my almost three-year-old <laughs> coming up. So um, can you just, as we wrap up here, can you just tell our listeners where they can find um, more information about your research? Absolutely. So this particular study that we are talking about today was published in the Journal of Research and Personality. So they're welcome to read that paper if they want further information on that particular topic. Uh, they're also welcome to reach out to me directly if they have any uh, questions. And my email address is poolchristi at gmail.com. So P-O-O-L-E-K-R-I-S-T-I-E at gmail.com. Okay, great. We'll be sure to tag it um, on our social media post and on our YouTube channel when we post this podcast. So thank you so much for being with us uh, today, Christy. It was wonderful talking to you and uh, this was very informative. So thanks for taking the time. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into this week's episode of The Barrier Breakdown. We will see you guys next time. Take care. 
Thank you for listening to The Barrier Breakdown, Disrupting Mental Health. Listeners can find all of our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. For more information and to learn about upcoming continuing education events, check out our website, cbicenterforeducation.com, our Facebook pages, Cognitive Behavior Institute, and CBI Center for Education, as well as our Instagram at Cognitive Behavior Institute and our Twitter at CBI underscore Pittsburgh. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We hope you'll tune in for another guest next week.